2: Faith, here with your welcome toast. It was Oscar Wilde who said, "After a good dinner, one can forgive anybody, even one's own relatives."
1: Merry
0: Christmas, baby. Sure, they treat me right.
2: I said, Merry Christmas, baby, you sure did treat me nice. Bought me a diamond ring
1: for Christmas, and I feel like I'm in paradise. All
3: right. Well, I'm feeling mighty fine, y'all.
2: Got my music on It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. We can't wait for this show. Dory Greenspan is in the studio with us, and she brings what we need, her new cookbook called Everyday Dory*, featuring delicious recipes that are easy and ones she makes at home for family and friends. We're talking about hearty soups, her knockout desserts. I personally can hardly wait to talk with her about this. Bourbon pork roast. This is a new favorite of hers, and it's in the book. Bourbon, pork, a match made in heaven. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, who joins us from KJZZ in Phoenix, senior producer Robin doyen Aiken, and one of the best cooks I know, our special guest Dory Greenspan. Hey, everybody. Hey, Hi, babe. Hey. hey, Hey. We are in our studios at the Big G Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven, where we have the use of five professional kitchens, as you know by now. It's part of Gateway's culinary education program. It is the most fun in the world. Okay, here's the first thing I thought it would be fun to talk about. Florence Fabricant in the New York Times did this piece on a lobster roll recently. And I thought, well, this is kind of an unusual, right? (laughs) It's an unusual time for doing this. But when I read it, I was beside myself. So I'm giving her credit because she says... There's a place called Luke's Lobster, and they give you a roll stuffed with lobster and then piled high with Petrosian caviar. It's a buttery roll. That's a
3: great
0: combination.
2: Oh, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Oh my God. Mm -hmm. When are we going? She
2: says, and there were several of these Luke's locations. You can order them through the end of the year with a little tin of Petrosian caviar. It's from Siberia. Just throw it on top of the lobster. So the lobster is $45, including a bag of potato chips. So as she.
0: (laughs) That's what I love with my caviar is potato chips. Really? It's a great combination. It's a really good combination. Oh, it's good,
2: yeah. We just need some champagne now. (laughs) So she says in her piece, do the math. The lobster roll is usually $16. Here, you get 20 grams of caviar which regularly costs $65 for 30 grams. It's a deal, especially if two of you buy one additional plain lobster roll and share the caviar. She said there's enough, but, you know, there's never enough. (laughs) Here's where Luke's Lobster you can find them at 242 East 81st Street, that's 2nd Avenue in the city, Dory. Uh, there's one closer to me, Amsterdam Avenue. I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> 426 <laughs> Amsterdam Avenue. Just go online and see where they are. There's about three or four of them. There's one in Las Vegas, Boston, Washington. But what a deal. And I know a lot of people will go in for the holidays into the city if you're not listening from the city itself. And if you are, I'd make a beeline over there.
3: May I just pipe up with a little lobster roll something? So I just got back from Paris yesterday. I love saying that. Actually, what I love to say is I'm going to Paris tomorrow, but (laughs) never mind. There's a lobster roll place on Avenue Britannia in Paris, and they serve two kinds of lobster rolls. One with mayonnaise, cold, and they serve what they call a Connecticut lobster roll.
0: Oh, my God. That's so cool.
3: Is that incredible? A warm lobster roll with butter. I was yeah. so surprised. I'm kind
2: of speechless for a minute. It says right there. Connecticut, Connecticut... lobster roll. Wow. You Isn't feel that proud? great? You felt proud. Oh,
3: I was so happy. Of course, I stopped and yeah. talked to them. So I'm from Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> And they serve it on brioche. Oh, of, course of course, they do. Of course, they do.
2: Of course, they do. Oh, my Yum. God. That's fantastic. No caviar. Oh, yet. <laughs> yet.
0: Until you go back and tell them. That's Our, what we're doing in Connecticut.
2: Now that Dory's here on the whole show, everybody, which we're thrilled about, this is the thing. We got an email from somebody. Food Schmoo's listener Jeffrey Fisher wrote to us recently to request Christmas gift suggestions. He said, in 2016... I gave my three adult children Aleppo powder for Christmas after hearing you describe it on one of your shows. It was a hit. It launched a new tradition of giving an interesting spice or herb, rarely used by us as home cooks. Can you help me preserve this tradition and suggest some more of your favorites? I'll be listening and look forward to making you part of our holiday once again. I just love that. So, Jeff, we would love to make suggestions, and you even have Dory Greenspan here who's going <laughs> to... (laughs) Probably make some. Um, I love this tradition. And before I list a few favorites, I want to invite you, as you listen, everybody that means, to write us on Facebook with a spice or herb that you think Jeff and all of us should try. What do you put your spice on or in? Tell us on Facebook, and that's Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. When I get spices to give as gifts for people, or for myself, Mm -hmm. I go to a health food market where there's a lot of turnover and they're fresh. It's so Mm -hmm. much better. I mean, I love supermarkets for Mm -hmm. what they give us. However, those little tiny jars that have been sitting around for a long Mm -hmm. time are so expensive that it can cost $50 before you've done anything.
0: Yeah, I go to Middle Eastern markets. Those are great prices and fresh, fresh herbs.
2: And there's a place in New York that Dory knows. Oh, yeah. And that uh, those second of us who Avenue. love international yeah. flute. Oh, you're saying second half? No, no, it's no it's I'm saying. Cleaned. Are we thinking Calustians? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: a great place to go. Calustians yeah. is its name. Okay. And you can also buy online from Calustians. Yeah.
2: Okay, here we go. So, Jeff, I love za'atar. Now, this is a Middle Eastern spice mixture, and, you know, that sometimes it varies from country to country. It's thyme, oregano, Toasted sesame seeds and sumac, which makes it have this sort of tangy. Lime. I put it on everything. <laughs> I put it on <laughs> eggs and chicken and mashed potatoes. You know, you name it. And I'm sprinkling za'atar on things. And meats. Well, I, Do you like it? Uh, yeah, well, it's in something you it's just said. Yeah,
3: it, it's in a couple of my recipes. Do you know, it's not a spice, it's not dry, <laughs> but I love <laughs> preserved lemons. Oh, yeah. You're only supposed to use the rind, but yeah. I end up using the whole lemon. Oh, sure. I toss it into salads, into pastas. I yeah. use the mm-hmm. liquid, you know, the salty liquid from the lemons in a vinaigrette or a marinade Ooh. when bluefish thyme rolls around. It's oh, great oh, to put on. a little bit of that in there. I never thought of that. And you can make
0: your own. They're not that difficult. Oh, they're I
3: not they hard. Are. Well, they're not hard, <laughs> but you need to be more patient <laughs> yeah. than yeah. I am a while. Uh, in in my book i did a recipe for something i called lemon goop and it has the flavor <laughs> of preserved idea. lemon but you just make it quickly you have to wait for those lemons yeah weeks
0: weeks weeks right? <laughs> they're yeah. worth it when, when they're when i done. want it i and want it, want it now, now so you can buy them there
2: available. is a quick way to make preserved lemons Ooh, someone on that. the show once told us about this cool. and then we'll post it so oh, th- so that you can see it but i think preserved lemons goop. make a great yeah. gift that is a wonderful goop too. idea okay and goop yes now, Chris, you oh, have I, I one. I only have
0: one, <laughs> and it's my favorite. It's called Tajin. It's spelled T-A-J-I-N, and it's a Mexican spice blend or mix, and all it is is sea salt, chili pepper, and dried lime zest. And I'm telling you, this stuff is amazing on anything. anything. You put it on, mm. like, yeah, we toss, like, French fries in it. It's really good. Oh. If you have kids playing soccer in the backyard, just take orange wedges and dip it in there and give them to them. And baked it's potato. so – Baked potato. Oh, yeah, baked potato. Oh, I was potato, just going to say potatoes. Yeah, popcorn. Yeah, popcorn, anything. And I have a list of people I give it to every year.
2: Chris, I'm on that list. <laughs> and so yeah. – May I be on yes, that list? Yes, you're going to be on that
0: list now, <laughs> <laughs> Dory. But it's really good.
1: And That's it's cheap. You buy it by it's, the crate. Oh, it's, it's really cheap. It's so
2: cheap. cheap. <laughs> and it is – it's so delicious and there's there, there are no no weird chemicals in it. No, it's it. just those three things. It's Natural. just those three things yeah. and I was like <laughs> a maniac. I sprinkled it on every Everything I could find, and it's just really so delicious. Put it on fish with a little pat of butter, and oh oh, my god! Am
1: I the only one who sprinkles it on your palm and you lick it? Oh yeah! (laughs) Yeah. 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 So so. so you can find it online, and you can find it in like Spanish markets or Mexican
2: markets. We'll call it tagine, tagine, even though you really say tagine. tagine, Okay.
0: How
1: about a margarita? Rim a glass with lime, and oh, oh. there you go.
3: I just got something as a present that I haven't had time to open yet, but it's date syrup. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like
1: to try that. A liquid? Like a syrupy liquid? It's a a sir-
3: Yeah. It's kind of in the kind of squeeze thing that a honey bear um, Ooh, is. Ooh. So
1: you can drizzle and,
3: it. Yeah. By the same people who, Zoom, S-O-O-M, who make a fabulous tahini. And so I'm thinking it could be good on, mm,
1: What about hot oh. tea? Like Ooh. jasmine tea or yeah. something.
0: Yeah. Right? Vanilla ice throat? cream
2: right maybe over brownies Ooh. maybe in, brownie sunday in risotto with something salty like pork a little salty or spicy bacon, maybe i mean or over cheese you said risotto Ooh. i thought you yeah. know
3: cheese i think it's gorgonzola yeah i think it could yeah. be really interesting i'm looking forward to playing a lot with that yeah
2: yeah
1: faith you're thinking like a tagine, right how you you add some sweetness to the rice mm. like in northern africa I,
2: I almost never add sweetness to things Unless I've got a, a countering thing, you know, like acid is in there somehow so that it has this balance. And so it would be really fun to me. I was thinking, oh, I could put it on this and then I could put a squeeze of lime or lemon. Just mm-hmm. really interesting. Cocktails
1: are okay. sangria.
2: Yum. Oh, no, Great. Right? Okay, oh. we can okay. All <laughs> sorry. <later>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, I love something called Zatar and it's spelled Z A A. T-A-R. It's Middle Eastern. It's a spice mixture. I sprinkle it on absolutely everything I can find. I'm just crazy about it. It has a kind of tangy quality to it, and when you hear what's in it, you think, that doesn't sound tangy, but you'll see in a minute. It varies slightly from region to region in the Middle East, and you get it here. It's a mixture of thyme, oregano, Toasted sesame seeds, and here's the tang part, sumac. Mm. I put yogurt, vegetables, chicken, fish, tortilla chips, soup. There you go. Alex, what do you want to do?
1: How about saffron? It's mm. expensive, but you do a little paella pan for someone. You give them a paella recipe, and then you get them the Spanish rice, and you give them a little vial of saffron. You have an instant paella kit.
0: Nice. It, for saffron, you know what's a good way, too, is if you go on, like, Amazon, you can get the whole ounce, which is more saffron than you could ever use in a lifetime. It's a big container. It's about $35, $40, and then break it up into little, like, vials or little, little envelopes plastic or... envelopes, and then you could do a whole batch of it because buying those little vials gets so so expensive.
2: Can I ask you, Dory, and Alex, you too, being Spanish, I never know exactly when I'm supposed to use saffron. I can't even tell you what it tastes like. I know I love it when it's in something, but can anybody here tell me... What it does, how I should use it in terms of thinking.
1: Steep it like a tea. So it's really delicate. They say there's like 150 compounds, which is why you can't detect exactly what it is. But you know it gives it that beautiful saffron, yellow, gold color. But someone described it as like, hey, you know, there's an aromatic component. But when I do a paella, I do the hot water, and then I add the threads, and instantly that water will turn this gold and red color, mm-hmm. and I'm very delicate with it. So from that point on, I'll add it to the paella, but you don't want to destroy it by boiling it to death. It's delicate, but steep it like a tea.
3: Yeah, and also it's interesting that you say, hey. It's the kind of thing that if asked to describe it, I couldn't come up with a word that would – and yet when you taste it, you know exactly Mm. that, ah, Mm -hmm. that's saffron. Yeah, Because it's
0: very
1: unique.
3: It's also good in cookies, a tiny, oh, yeah. tiny oh, little bit. I remember
0: you a had a
1: cookie recipe bit. with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just like a few threads oh. in the dough, is that yeah. how you do
2: tiny it? tiny bit, yeah. yeah. You can mash it in with the butter. Okay, Robin wow. Doyen Aiken. We're with Doy Greenspan, by the way, who, lucky us, is our guest for the whole show. And shortly after we finish spices as a holiday present... We're going to talk about Dory's brand-new book, which I have read every word of. We've tested (laughs) the recipes in the book. This is called Everyday Dory, and it is the way she cooks. This is easy, at-home, things we can all do. So we're going to get to that very shortly. And the shepherd's pie in there is going to just kill you. Okay. So my spice that I have been known to give someone is not necessarily exotic, but it does inspire them to bake for me. And that is that (laughs) I love to give people a really nice jar of cinnamon. Uh, That is like my favorite spice. And you know that they're going to use it, that they probably have recipes already that they are using a, a supermarket cinnamon for. But I am always looking for an excuse to walk through the Penzies' Spices in West yeah. Hartford. <laughs> so right around holiday time, people know they're probably going to be getting from me a beautiful jar of cinnamon, um, Vietnamese cinnamon, because Ooh. it's the strongest, the boldest cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, they always say, I'm going to bake something, and then I will give you some. And okay. So, yeah, it's There's a some motive. You yeah, say, sure. That's a great that's a idea. idea. Yes, I say, well, if you have to, okay, I will accept a baked good. I love that idea uh. that
3: it's something that we all think we know And yet you're taking it up one level and giving people something that they know, but that's even better. That's really nice. It
2: is nice, Robin. So I went online, Jeff, and found a bunch that I know and a couple I don't. One is gomasio, which is a Japanese condiment, and really it's more like the spice. It has toasted sesame seeds that are ground up. They grind them up with coarse salt, and it is delicious on things and in things. So on vegetables, rice, baked potatoes, on top of a soup, really, really good. You like that yeah. too, Doris. Yes. right? so. Jerk spice is one that I really uh, like, although when I go to Jamaican restaurants, I cannot tolerate the amount of heat. It's just not too much. much. So I went online, Jeff, for you to find out, can I really get my hands on jerk seasoning that is low heat? And it turns out it's all over the place. It consists of red and black pepper, allspice, cinnamon, and thyme. It's great on chicken, lamb, in potato salad. If you've got people who appreciate heat and they want it hot, you can find it. (laughs) You'll definitely find it. Please tell us and Jeff, Jeff Fisher, what spice you think we should try and what do you put it on or in? Faith Middleton, food schmooze on Facebook, and I cannot wait to hear what you say because this is going to give us ideas, not only to gift to people, but for us to try at home As too. Yeah. Cooks, yeah. We're going to talk to Dory next about her new cookbook and the recipes you're going to hear about are going to inspire you. You're going to (laughs) want to start cooking, I promise you. Uh So stay with us for that. Also, quick, anybody have one more gift idea? I do. Okay. So I just just got a picture from
3: my friend Elisa Sokolow, who's a photographer in L.A. She has this amazing stationery where she she goes to the farmer's market, the Santa Monica farmer's market, Mm buys gorgeous fruits and vegetables, arranges them beautifully, and photographs them and makes them into gift cards. So they are so beautiful. So her present, the gift cards,
2: and her work, obviously. Uh, Yeah. What a good idea. Um, But anyone could do that, right? You could take pictures of your
0: food. Yeah, yeah. But when you see – okay, look. gorgeous.
3: Yeah, when you see Elisa's, you'll say, she "She (laughs) does it best. (laughs) So she's (laughs) – She's
0: an artist.
3: (laughs) She's really talented. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's S-O-K-O-L-O-W photo.com. I've been using them as thank you notes because, yeah. uh-huh. you know, most of us do our correspondence by email. But I yeah. love to be able to send someone uh-huh. a handwritten note. Do you still do? Yeah, I, I do. That. I like to I do that. I love getting it. I'm not going
0: to lie. I love to get them, I Chris. love getting yeah. them. Right? Yeah. And
3: so
2: I've been using Lisa's cards. They're I'll give beautiful. you my address. Okay. Well, I want to encourage everybody to really try this. Our phones now take really terrific pictures, and Mm -hmm. we might not be as... Talented as your friend, but really, yeah. what a it's wonderful from you, homemade though, right? gift! Yeah, this is what I saw in the world. Yeah. Really, that's and what you're saying. and I thought of you.
3: And or th- to do it as a calendar. Do you have you gotten Ooh. calendars from, from friends? I'm no. always happy to get those, yeah. And you can make them yourself now, right? yeah. Well, they make yeah. them family, family, family photos
0: or where yeah. they've been on vacation, food, food, food yeah. pictures, food pictures <laughs> for Dory. <I> food
1: <laughs> pictures, I can see someone saying, I don't want to see your lasagna <laughs> <laughs> for dinner last night on my calendar okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right all you Christmas Sonica people Um, I'm gonna stop it right now because um, Dory Greenspan and her cookbook are next and wait till you hear these I've been waiting for this including that pork roast with a bourbon sauce oh my god Yep. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
0: Merry Christmas, baby.
1: Sure.
2: Middleton, you can sign up for our free podcast, a copy of the show that arrives in your inbox every single week. You can listen on your schedule. You might like to listen in the car or when it's on the air, exactly, and that's great, but so many of us. Have a whole podcast list, and this is how we listen now. So if you're that person, go to foodschmooze.org, sign up for the podcast just once, and then it comes from then on. You can keep it as a library and all that stuff. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province at KJZZ in Phoenix, Robin Doyen Aiken, our senior producer, plus our special guest, Dory Greenspan, is back with us. And she has, she brings her new cookbook called Everyday Dory The Way I Cook. Okay, some things I know about our guest. Dory Greenspan, who's also New York Times Magazine food columnist. One, she and her husband Michael live part time in Westbrook, Connecticut, in one of the most clever houses I have ever seen. Instead of knocking it down when they first got it many, many years ago, they built a cool, modern shell around the outside of the entire structure. They didn't have to take it down. They just put a what? nicer <laughs> facing on it. It's just... <laughs> It's it's so funny that you
3: remember Uh, that so well. Yeah, it's as though the house is (laughs) slip-covered. Wow, that's a great great way of doing things. Yeah, we went went from a raised ranch to a really cool-looking contemporary.
2: Oh, my goodness. I remember leaving. I said to Dory, How did you find this house in the neighborhood? How did you manage to do that? She said it's just a shell, and I thought she is a genius. You know, it's just like in many ways. So, okay, so that's thing number one. Two, Dory wears the best glasses of almost anyone, and she gets them in Paris, where she's lived part time for more than twenty years. Every year, she has a New Year's Eve dinner party. There in Paris with French and American people commingled like a great stew. Like a great stew. I love that. And everybody talks. You don't have to speak French because remember you invited me once and I was terrified to go because I thought— But you would have had such a good—you know, there's still a chance. Still Rosetta, a Stone. <laughs> Rosetta
1: Stone. Stone. <laughs> and you don't have to speak French. That's great, though. So That's you're you going to get for Christmas, babe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You have a week to learn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, thing number three, one of the most fun times I've had was being asked by Dory a long time ago to be a taster For her commercial cookie line, so I went home with lots and lots of tins from her freezer filled with cookies that she made in very unusual flavors, and I was very happy, and I gained a lot of weight. Delicious (laughs) weight. And when you talked about saffron... There were these unusual cookie flavors. Yeah.
3: Incredible experience. Yeah. So the business came and went, and all of the recipes got put into my last book, Dory's Cookies. But— It was so interesting to work on cookies where you're just concentrating on one subject and where you're thinking they can be savory as well as sweet.
2: Mm -hmm. It was fascinating Mm -hmm. to do that work. And good with wine that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, so number four things I know about Dory, a famous pastry chef in France uh, sometimes asked Dory to fill her suitcase with American Philadelphia cream cheese and bring it to him, which yeah. she did. So, you
3: have the most amazing yeah. memory, yeah. Faith.
2: Yeah. They don't call it cream cheese. How do they, they, they call pronounce it, it They call it Philly. Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. But
3: ah, now we. you can buy it in the yes, supermarket. You can. But it's crazy expensive, yeah. and it's just a little— It's not the big two, no, three-pound block. it's, <laughs> it's like—I don't know what it is, like, you know, two ounces yeah. or something in a oval-shaped—it yeah. looks good— But, yeah, and it's only referred to as Philadelphia. And
2: why did he want it? Cheesecake. Isn't that great? That's one of ours, right? item number five. Dory creates cookbooks, 13 of them in all, that really, really make you want to cook. Thank Um, you. This new one is called Everyday Dory. It's filled with recipes she makes at home. That's a really good idea. Food photography, it's going to make your mouth water. It's pretty dazzling photography, I have to say. Um, Dory was inducted into the James Beard Who's Who of Food and Beverage in America. That's a very big honor. She has received what appears to be uh, 10 million food awards for her work. <laughs> No one I know in the food world resents her for anything. She is a generous soul who somehow manages to stay yeah. remarkably thin.
1: <laughs> Welcome She gives away all her cookies, that's why.
2: What an introduction.
1: <laughs> Bake
3: and release. Yeah. That's what I call it. <laughs> we suffer. That's great. Bake and release. Oh, Thank you, right. Faith.
2: Right. Thank you. All right. So Chris Prosperi. We asked you if you would make Dory's, because we saw this and we said, oh, it's her Mediterranean shepherd's pie. Yeah.
0: You just look at the photo and you want to make yeah. it, right? Tell it's us so what this good. was like. And it was a- it's really easy. You just need some ground meat. And I used beef, but you could use lamb, chicken, turkey, some sausage. That's how you start with a little bit of oil and you cook that, mm-hmm. you know, sort of break it up as it's cooking. Then you add onion, garlic, a little bit of salt and pepper. Cook that. Add a little chicken broth. Then your spices go in, which is cumin, the sumac that we were talking Yay. about earlier, za'atar, which mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. And if you
2: don't have that, you can use the yep. zest of a lemon yep. instead of sumac. You can use dried oregano if you don't have za'atar. Exactly. I love that, that she gives a bit those. Close. Yeah, I yep. love that but, she
0: gives the substitutes. Harissa paste, which is that spicy paste, but you can use chili powder or harissa powder if you don't have that. Cup of canned crushed tomatoes, which everyone has. And then I, I did the same thing you did. I ran across the supermarket and bought peeled butternut squash cubes, yeah, which I've well, never done before. I'm like, and, they're fro- and you just I chuck them those. in.
3: Right. Yes. I use them too. <laughs> it was so sure. easy.
0: Right. And then at the end, you finish it with spinach, a little bit of butter, and that's it. It's so simple. So you cook that as a mixture.
2: It sounds like a lot of things, but it's a one pot dish, mm-hmm. really. It's, it's a it's a one yeah. pot dish
3: and it's also I mean it's ground beef and the sausage gives it flavor. Yes. Um but there's so much flavor in that. Those spices and as they layered. cook in the Yeah, layered is exactly right. Mm-hmm. As they cook with the tomatoes are just filled Mm -hmm. with flavor. And then what makes it shepherd's pie is the
0: mashed potatoes that go on top. And you know how we feel about mashed potatoes. (laughs) But
2: you said it can also be, if for some reason you need to go, for health reasons or flavor, towards sweet potatoes. Absolutely, sure. It could be sweet potatoes. It could be any kind. I mean, the mix
3: is so good that even if you wanted to use that, over rice or... My rip.
0: cooks last night were putting it on grilled bread that they... Okay, I was going to say you they could just, do a wrap yeah. with yeah, it Yeah, or they just or a took it on grilled or, yeah. bread and they were eating it like a, a flatbread almost. Ooh. So, yeah. but this
3: is the kind of recipe I love because, as Chris said, it's easy to make and as Faith said, it's a one pot. Also, it gives you an opportunity to play around. You taste it, you know, the texture is good, the the flavors are good and you think, oh, I could do something else with this. Mm-hmm. So you make the shepherd's pie and you... Kind of keep it in your head. What did that taste like? Mm-hmm. Then you've got you know grilled bread, or you've got pasta, or you've got something else. I, oh, I this love recipe. on <gasps> pasta! Like pasta. A bolognese. Right? I love when you can take a recipe and play with it. Use just a piece of it. Make it the way it's written, so you know what it is, and then just sure. dream a little.
2: I'm you glad you said spices, that, right? Alex. Aren't you glad hearing that because? I like to cook like that. It's like make up something kind of, I call it crazy, crazy time. And I'm pulling things out and, you know, and it's not that I'm so skilled in this way. It's just that I think, oh, I like that flavor and that flavor. And if I put that on here and then let's just try it. I'm asking you, Dory, to give courage to people who say to me when I say that, oh, I'm not that kind of cook. I must have a recipe.
3: And so that cook has a recipe. You follow the recipe, but just tuck away in your head that memory of what it was like. And on those days when you don't have all of the ingredients, you're looking for something, you say, oh, I rem- I like that. I can do that.
0: And, and at the end of uh, the recipe, read her choices. That's that little paragraph at the end. You can use turnips or Green peas instead of the squash. Skip the extra vegetable. You can also forego the potatoes. At the end of each recipe, you give us that little thing to tuck away in your head for next time. You're not like, boxed in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not boxed And you give us the permission. That's why I always love your recipes. And you give us the courage and the permission to take this recipe and make it our own. And not How? every cookbook does that.
3: I've always done this. All of my books have had either playing around or choices or the French books have had Bunny Day, Good Idea. And part of it is because I can never let a recipe go. So I work on a recipe. I work on it. I work on it. You know, I test it. I send it out to be tested. I make sure it's going to work just the way it's written. And then I keep thinking, what if? What if I added this? Or what if I added that? And, you know, the thing about a book is eventually you have to turn it in. And (laughs) And then the recipe's done. (laughs) And so the playing around and the choices are all those things
2: that – I've done but I can't make the book three times the size. So I leave it to you to do it. The thing about Dory is that she makes things and takes you by the hand and you too can do them. But what you've just described is a real artist at work. The That's what it the sounds like. in the end knowing when to stop. Or going too far on purpose and then saying, okay, next time I'm going to stop here. You could have been a painter just now. I've never thought of myself that way. I actually think
3: of myself as a very practical cook. What I I work on. That's right. Yeah, what I work on when I'm working on a recipe for a book is a recipe that I know will work, that I know that people will be able to make and enjoy. The only thing I ever want in a recipe is, well, two things. I want people to want to make it, and then I want them to be successful. I want them yeah. to be happy yeah. to serve it. And eat it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, the pleasure. recipes are practical, but there's that what if. Oh, I know. And that's the extra. Creating. That's the extra.
2: So, here we go, people. I mean, if I could have an applause to get
0: <laughs> machine right now.
2: I've this been waiting <laughs> for this. Let me just say. I
0: should have made this
2: one. This? Oh, no. I am so glad are you, yeah. are you that make you this one? made. Are you joking? This is Dory's <laughs> bourbon roasted pork loin. Now, I'm a bourbon drinker, and I love a well-made Manhattan, and that's all fine, but... In regions, things go together. Liquid things Mm -hmm. often go together with, you know, solid things. So you see the wines going with the food very naturally. This is a match made in heaven, bourbon and pork. (laughs) Tell me about this. So— I am not a
3: bourbon drinker. I am convinced that I will drink cocktails for breakfast in my next life, but I don't. <laughs> in this life I'm uh, only a wine drinker. Okay. Mm. But I was in and now how do you pronounce it? Was I in Louisville? Was I in Louisville? Was I in Louisville. Louisville. Yep. That's where <laughs> Louisville. I was. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't have to say it again. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. And um so yeah, that's Louisville. bourbon. <laughs> And there's, like, <laughs> bourbon is, you know, it just about it's comes water. out of the tap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Oh, and I got so it. interested in it. It was the, it was the yes. smell of, oh, exactly. Yes. I love
0: the way it smells more than the way I love the way it tastes. I <clears throat> love the smell.
3: But it was, it was being in kind of barbecue country and mm. being surrounded by bourbon and the smell of bourbon that mm. made me think I want to make this dish. The and bounce. I came back and worked on this dish so it has mustard, Oh, yeah. Greeny mustard. It has the bourbon. It has honey and brown sugar. And it has sriracha, which like is not that. at all from Louisville. I love this. But I thought it would just pick up all a little of the flavors. And sweet and the ginger.
2: contrasting thing, yep. right? Yep. Just a little pickup. And apples
3: and onions. And
2: apples and onions. Well, how does the bourbon get on there? In, are you painting it on or what are you doing? I'm rubbing it. You may have called me an artist five minutes ago,
3: but mostly <laughs> I'm, <whole> just, <laughs> yeah, I'm mostly like in there with my hands touching my food <laughs> so, and you, I'm thinking, you said massage, I'm thinking of how Julia Child used to say, you massage the butter into the chicken. It feels good and the chicken likes it too.
0: <laughs>
3: so so, so that's,
0: you got it from her. I'm
3: rubbing I'm rubbing the pork as as I'm rubbing this picture right now it's yeah. describing it to you. Um yeah, into the pork. And you know, this is this could be a Tuesday night dinner.
0: Yeah. It's I like just, the way you score it to the top so well, it gets in it. So
3: it's so interesting that to me how beautiful simple food can look. Mm, You know, I'm not a decorator. I don't fuss over things. I don't Mm. add anything extra to a dessert dish, Mm. and I don't add add it to food. And yet, because the ingredients are so beautiful, the dish is beautiful.
2: I I know. Can I say, I wanted to thank you, Dory? Those two recipes that we just focused on, Mediterranean shepherd's pie and this bourbon roasted pork, are on our food site, and we thank you for your generosity with that. And there's one more that we have, too. You can find them at foodschmooze.org. Next, we're going to be talking—you know, Dory is its just the most remarkable baker. I've certainly been at her house with Michael and had delicious, savory things. But then the desserts come out, and you just think, what in the world? How does it happen that someone has— a talent for this. So you're going to find out next about a triple layer parsnip cranberry cake. Crazy, right? It Whoa. is the most gorgeous thing to look Holiday at. Time. The flavors. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. You can get an on-demand podcast of the show, as we mentioned earlier, at foochmooze.org. Just sign up once. You know we're online. We want to hear from you on Facebook. And we'll be right back with the things that we have promised in Dory's book. Don't go away. Moves Party offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island that meets the Hamptons too. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear this show on Connecticut Public Radio, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m., and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online, waiting to make you happy at FoodJmoos.org. We are with Dory Greenspan, our special guest, and her new cookbook just out is Everyday Dory. It is the way she cooks, these are recipes for home cooks. I know Dory's food really well, and it is always a smash. And I know we have a huge crowd of people who love what she does, and I, I can't wait. You know how I was talking about the bourbon and the pork roast? This is a cake. I don't bake anything. I am scared to death of baking. I took one look at this cake, and I thought, that's for me. You can do it. You can (laughs) do it. Can I? I, I, Yeah, you really can. Oh, you really can. Triple layer parsnip and cranberry cake. And you say that cakes blare the word celebration. And this is the most unusual combination. It looks so incredible. And it is
3: so incredible. I made this for Thanksgiving dinner. So I was thinking about carrot cake. I have a carrot cake that I've been making for years. I know it's, it. Right? The yeah, one from yeah. Baking from My it's Home great, to Yours. Yeah, it's Thank you. It's a, I think it's a really good one. And I was thinking, maybe it's time after 20 years to think of a new carrot cake. And I thought, wow. mm, what if I mix carrot wow. and parsnip?
1: Yeah.
3: Right? And mm, then clever. I did that, and the parsnip was so good that I it's thought it can stand flavor. alone. It can be its own cake. It's made the way a carrot cake is made, but it's got coriander as a spice. It's not a mix of spices. It has fresh ginger. It's got chopped pecans, some orange zest. And after I had made Mm. it a few times, I thought it kind of wants something tangy. And that's when the cranberries popped into my head. And so I am so in love with this cake. So three layers of the parsnip cake— There's also brown sugar, so it's yeah. got that. Chris, you said earthy. Yeah. It's got that kind of earthy yeah. flavor.
1: Molassesy. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then I made a very quick cranberry jam, just mixing cranberries, orange juice, and ginger together. Oh, right. And I used the traditional carrot cake frosting. Yeah, I was going to say cheese. cream
2: cheese. Yeah, you did the yeah. cream cheese yeah. frosting here. Yeah. So
3: it's cake, a layer of cream cheese frosting, some of that cranberry jam cake, cream cheese, cranberry. And then you can decide what you want to do to finish it. You can make one of those bare cakes where you just, you know, a skim layer of frosting around it. And then Mary Dodd, who's my recipe tester, I was going to leave it plain because I leave everything plain. She said, you know, it would be so pretty with some sugared cranberries on top. And so it was Mary's idea to top it with cranberries. And that makes it really a party cake. You could bring this to Christmas dinner. You could bring it to a birthday celebration. New Year's Eve. It's so simple to make, so delicious, and it just looks so good. Wow. The ingredients themselves are what make it look okay. so beautiful. And this is oh. like a
0: quick bread, so they're easy to make, right? This is not making a, oh, a, yeah, a no sponge folding, cake. And, no yeah, that's bread. where I lose it. No separating, eggs. No separating eggs, eggs no. no whipping the eggs and folding them back, and yeah. then I'm done. As but this is idea, just, you just mix it all together.
2: This is the most yeah, exciting genius. cake of the year to because me, Because parsnips
0: and carrots, are you're the first. Yeah, yes, I course, just have right? a sweetness to them. Exactly, yeah. as but carrots the, do. Yes, as yeah. carrots. I mean, so they're I would... always together. They're right next to each other in the supermarket a lot of times.
3: <laughs> so I'm so glad that you chose this cake because I'm really excited about it. And I've yeah. been making it over and over. And are people,
0: people are like, wow, right?
3: Yeah. Do you freeze it? Do you ever freeze it? So in the instructions, the author Mm. says, (laughs) right?
0: I like the author, by the way. What does the author say? The author
3: says that you can make it a few days ahead. Nice. But you know, Mm. I did freeze it. I made it over the summer, and I had half of the cake left, and I thought, I'm just gonna freeze the whole thing. And it was fine. So you heard it here first. So you froze the whole cake. I froze the whole thing. Breaking yeah. news. Right? Breaking yeah. news is wow. yeah, with the, yeah. Frosting, with the frosting. Without the little yeah, berries without on, the cranberries top. on top. Mm. Mm. But the right. cranberries inside yeah. and We're the fine. frosting and it was great. Yeah. But
2: in the fridge, just if you're not gonna freeze it or anything, it was five days. You yeah, that's right. And it tastes
3: better if you make it ahead and put it in the refrigerator because you know, anything with spices, a cake Cookies, quick bread—they always taste better the next day and the day after. Yeah, it needs time for the spices to really Distribute. come into yep. their own. Yeah. So this is this is a party waiting in your refrigerator. So
2: cool. Oh,
0: I'm in. I'll try this one because I can make quick bread. Will breads. you? Oh yeah, baking powder and baking soda—that's my game folding eggs and fluffing things and no, baking is, like that, that that's, like, a, technical. I can mix basic. baking powder and baking soda together. No, and Chris, make it
1: cake. when I'm around. You got
0: yeah. it. Well, I just want to try. <laughs> and I want to make it because I really want to try it because I love carrot cake, and I've made I carrot did, cake yeah. before because it's the same thing.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it has the moistness yeah. that carrot cake, yeah. you know, has. And the coriander in it, I don't know where it came from. It just Such came. a good idea. But it's a great combination wow. with the... With the parsnips. Okay. And the parsnips. It's yeah. not
2: only in the cookbook, and we have information okay. about the cookbook at our site. Everything you need to know about the book and about Dory and the three recipes that we featured on the show are up there, too, thanks to Dory's generosity. So that's org. the book, Everyday Dory. So remember when you were on the show with Dory's Cookies mm-hmm. and that the book, and so... Robin, senior producer Robin, said, you know what, why don't we put up, I just thought this was so, so smart of her, let's put up the cookie recipes. Oh, from back then, In case you're waiting to the last minute to make your holiday cookies, whatever it is, foodschmooze.org. Okay, so when you're at home and you're playing, does the playing happen more in your head? You know, or do you start with another kind of recipe and then say, Hey wait, what if I did this and what if
3: It works both ways. If you remember my house, my desk is in the kitchen and so I'll sometimes be working at my desk, tapping away, and I'll have an idea and I'll jump up and I'll start. turning it into something or trying to. (laughs) Wow. Um, But lots of times what happens is I'll start making something and I'll taste it. You can't do this so much with baking. You can. But with cooking, and I'll think, oh, this tastes like it could use, and I'll go rummaging for a different spice Or I'll take notes. I do everything by hand in a notebook. If you look at my notes, you can see where I've, like, crossed out and in a different color pencil put Mm -hmm. in a different spice or a different meat or something. And you can see kind of how the recipe evolves. But a lot of it happens in my head. Or Mm -hmm. if I see an ingredient, you know, I'm just shopping in the supermarket and I see something, think, oh, I could make something from that.
2: You know this thing about being born to do something? Do you feel like you... Are that person, or did you think that some special training early on pointed you in a direction?
3: What a question. Um, I, I always say I'm lucky to be doing this because I certainly didn't expect it. I trained to do something else. I have all but dissertation for a doctorate in gerontology. I thought, yeah, I thought I would teach or I would be at a research center. I didn't grow up cooking. I started cooking when I got married. I have no formal training. so
2: Unbelievable.
3: Yeah. So this came really out of first necessity I had to cook and then out of a passion for it. And so I just always think I'm the luckiest person in the world because I get to do something I love. Yeah.
1: So, sounds yeah. like a gift. Wow.
3: Right? Well, in, in many, many ways, Alex.
2: Yeah, yeah. A gift, really. So when I asked this question about baking and gluten-free people – I'm so terrified that the author is going to think that I put the responsibility for all gluten-free people on you, and I am not doing that. (laughs) However, if gluten-free people, which is a huge number, and so I try and include them, Mm -hmm. if gluten-free people are looking at these recipes, how should they think about them? Can they reliably substitute a gluten-free flour in, in most of the places where you use traditional flour. Okay, so most of the
3: recipes, because this is a cookbook cookbook and not a baking recipe, most of the recipes are naturally gluten-free. The savory recipes are naturally gluten-free. And there are desserts, things like the eaten mess, which um, is, you know, meringue and fruit, poached pears, so those. Perfect. But I've, I've had success using the gluten-free flours that are, you know, a cup for cup. So cup for cup is a brand, but also King Arthur makes um, a flour like that. Yeah. And so you can make those substitutes. That's good to know.
1: I wanted to know from Doria if, you know how bakers are so more precise and have to measure Chris, and then it sounds like the way she just sort of creates recipes on savory side, it's interesting that she's able to do both—both Bo- both be a precise baker and use the right amount of baking powder, but then also improvise with spices. And it's kind of a unique—that's a good unique observation.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. People always say baking is so precise, and a lot of people will say to me, "I don't bake because it's too difficult." And this doesn't speak exactly to what you said, but I always think that if if you're just starting out, baking is actually easier than cooking. Because if you have a good recipe, you just follow it, right? So if the recipe works, you just follow it step-by-step, step, success. With cooking, there's always this judgment call, season to taste, you know, cook the steak until it feels like the the fleshy part of your thumb, right? Baking, Variables. Right? Baking is you follow the recipe. Now, for me, I feel like I play until until I commit the recipe to... To paper and, and, and say, okay, tested, done. I feel like I can play with both. Um, so, yeah, I, I, do, I do feel Very lucky. Cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow, this is fantastic. I always feel this way when you come on the show. I'm just, it's just amazing to have you here. I love being ex- here. Thank you. Thank you, too. Uh, Everyday Dory is the name of the book. The author is Dory Greenspan, who lives in New York. Westbrook, Connecticut, and Paris, all three, dividing time. It's, she is a lucky, lucky person, and we're lucky to have her. We're on Connecticut Public Radio Thursdays at 3 and 9 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food muses and never eat more than you can lift. Except when Dory's cooking. <laughs> in, in New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. When they come to my. Hey, don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.